Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On today's program, we look at the economic crisis in Venezuela. Despite the billions of dollars available to Venezuela because of its oil industry, the country is in the throes of an economic crisis resulting from US sanctions. Venezuela is heavily dependent on food imports just to feed the population. The media is reporting that hundreds of thousands of people are fleeing the country into neighbouring Brazil and Colombia in order just to eat. Of course, Venezuela is one of the most progressive countries in the Latin American region, following the Bolivarian Revolution of 1999, led by the late Hugo Chavez. Some would call the country socialist. So can we trust the mainstream's interpretation of the refugee crisis in Venezuela? Or is this a beat-up to put further pressure on a progressive government in Latin America? On today's program, I speak with visiting activist and militant Pacha Guzman. Pacha is in Australia on a speaking tour with the Latin American Solidarity Network. The translations for today's show are provided by Lourdes Garcia Larque, one of Accent of Women's producers and presenters. Here's Pacha. Hola, eh, mi nombre es Pacha Guzman. Hi, my name is Pacha Guzman. I come from Venezuela and I participate in a peasants like campesino organization. So we mainly work with rural workers and also with construction workers. Tell me a little bit about the peasant workers that you organize. What kind of industries and what are the conditions for those workers? I'm mainly working with rural workers. My main role is in the international relations part of the organization. And our concrete work is to organize with workers to make sure that we create the conditions for access the the services that exist as part of the government policies so that workers can access in the best way, these services and resources that are available. So we we organize with with workers to take our occupied line land, which is necessary sometimes as part of uh, which is part of state. Uh, it's regulated by the state, and we organize this type of occupation with construction workers. We are guided by state uh, regulation again. Uh, for workers to organize and take control and live with political participation so they can take control of many of these enterprises. Some of them are state enterprises, not all of them, but some of them, and we make sure or we work towards workers' control of these uh, enterprises. 
or companies. Well, Venezuela is in the throes of an economic crisis that is seeing hundreds of thousands of Venezuelans leave as economic refugees, going into Colombia and Brazil, among other countries. Tell me about the situation in Venezuela. Well, it's, um, as you mentioned, a very critical situation, uh, economic and political, in Venezuela, that is pushing especially young people that graduated or completed their studies and they can't find jobs and they are forced to migrate to other countries. Yes, however, uh, there is a lot of media manipulation of this type of information. It is true that there is migration from Venezuela, but it's less than 5% of people who are migrating. So it's mainly the media who are inflating these numbers and exaggerating the importance of migration. Yes, so it's the media that is manipulating and exaggerating this issue of migration. Um, so they don't. They talk a lot about these Venezuelans who are going overseas because of the crisis, but they underestimate or don't talk much or at all of other migration, such as the Palestinian migration or the Colombian migration, that responds to a historic problem, but that's not really talked about. I accept that the media is inflating the the um, the refugee crisis or calling it a crisis when it isn't, but. Is it is it true that there is an economic crisis? Hay una crisis, efectivamente hay una crisis económica, pero es producto de sanciones económicas contra Venezuela. So there is in fact an economic crisis, which is mainly the result of economic sanctions that are imposed by the U.S. and its allies in the Organization of American States. So that's the main source of the crisis. Las sanciones unilaterales de Estados Unidos. Okay, so the country's economy is based on oil. Why is that no longer sufficient to keep the economy afloat? El, el, el problema es que el petróleo se cotiza o se vende en dólares. Y quienes mantienen el control... De yes, la, the, the issue with this is that the oil is paid in the international market in U.S. dollars and there is sanctions that prevent Venezuela from um, having access to that money. So at the moment, the U.S. is holding $3 billion U.S. dollars that Venezuela is unable to access, and this money is needed, it's required to, uh, to access food, uh, medicines, and other important resources that Venezuela needs, and uh, considering that Venezuela also imports a lot of the food Well, you've already touched on a little bit of my next question, which is the the government of President Maduro is under a lot of pressure both inside Venezuela and outside, so internal and international pressure. You've already talked about the United States, but can you describe some of these broader political tensions that are putting pressure on the government. Efectivamente, el sistema de Estados Unidos o el gobierno de Estados Unidos, la presión que está haciendo es para que el modelo económico en Venezuela, que está promovido por Nicolás Maduro, no se mantenga. Además, para que...
Well, the, the main thing that the U.S. is doing is trying to destabilize the current government, this a democratically elected government of Maduro, and making him resign uh, as a way of pushing to change the type of government that at the moment we have in Venezuela. Yeah, so, so this destabilization leads that the priority of the government is now trying to solve the, the food crisis and the economic crisis and can't move forward from that. Is it the case that there are also threats of military intervention, not just from the US, but from neighbouring countries? Can you tell me about the threats of military intervention? Mediáticamente da la sensación a nivel internacional de que hay posibilidades de una intervención militar desde Brasil o desde Colombia. Sin embargo, nosotros lo descartamos porque Venezuela tiene como aliados no solamente económicos, sino... Sí, yeah, well, there's uh, a lot of media attention on that and the media has worked on some ideas that there is possible to have a U.S. intervention directly or mainly using other countries such as Colombia or even Brazil. However, we don't think that uh, that is very like, likely, first because Venezuela has a number of allies uh, in the international sea, such as Russia and China and most recently North Korea. And we don't believe that the international um, allies will allow for this to happen. Well, it's some of these countries that you listed um, that are taking the these refugees, these economic refugees from Venezuela. Now, I accept that the number is inflated, but how are these countries responding to the Venezuelans coming into them? Fíjate, en, en, eh, a nivel mediático pareciera que los gobiernos como Colombia, eh, Brasil, no, Brasil no hay tantos venezolanos, pero Colombia, Argentina, Argentina pidió eh, una... Well, yeah, there is uh, migration to neighboring countries and countries in the area, like Colombia and Brasil, as you said. Brasil actually hasn't received uh, a lot of Venezuelans, but Colombia has and other countries like Argentina. Argentina even asked for some loan to the International Monetary Fund to solve like, uh, like the needs that are derived from immigrants. But uh, the, the way Venezuelans are treated in these countries is not different to the way other migrants are treated. So there is no special policy, nothing particular for them. They have to work as everyone else, like long hours if they find a job so they can Okay, so you talked about the cost of the U.S. sanctions against Venezuela. What does that mean, and, and particularly in relation to access to food? So what is the situation for ordinary Venezuelans, those that are living day to day in the country? Digamos que la cotidianidad del venezolano en lo único que se modifica es en tratar de, de resolver o de conseguir la, la comida. Eh, la sociedad en general, eh, en estos últimos tres años y, y producto del ataque, eh, ha dejado de lado muchos privilegios que tenía. Well, in the last three years, 
has two main priorities at the moment, which is accessing food and accessing um, health resources and services. Mm. Like over the years of President Chavez, we as Venezuelans, we have access to a lot of privileges in this area, which now are an issue and are the, the priority of So it's not that um, the situation is really, really terrible, as it's portrayed. So people are not starving. So there is a lot of uh, speculation, this speculative economy that has brought inflation that is around 2,000% and that y ahora, en este momento, el problema no es que no haya no que hay no food. So the issue is that those who import the food from other countries are private companies, um, capitalist companies, that are um, manipulating the prices. So it's unaffordable and people can't really access that food, but very good in the country. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with Pacha Guzman, grassroots activist from Venezuela, and she's being translated here by Lourdes Garcia Larque. Has there been a noticeable difference in the level of support of the people um, between Chavez and Maduro? For instance, did the the death of Chavez and the election of Maduro uh, create an opportunity for right-wing forces to intervene in the government? El, en términos de, de política de Estado no ha, no ha cambiado mucho. La verdad, lo, lo, el modelo económico que está implementando Chávez con Nicolás Maduro ha continuado. Efectivamente es que la gente no, no sí, nosotros, para nosotros es un referente eh, Chávez, es un referente bastante importante que impulso, impulsó muchas cosas y tenía un liderazgo bastante alto. Eh, y nosotros nosotros entendimos que no se trata de apoyar al, al individuo. Well, um, the state policies and the economic model continues the same from Chávez to, to Maduro. Uh, it is true for us, Chavez is a big reference uh, um, that he has great leadership in, and made this model possible. But for us, it's the political model that, that we support, like it's the government that we support and not just the person who is in, in power in the government. Eh, efectivamente la popularidad está en el proyecto y en el modelo político. En eso se reduce yes, so, uh, Maduro's popularity or not is not uh, because Chávez promoted him, but because he leads this political model that is the, the, the one that people follow. Can you tell me a little bit about the organized workers movement? Is is there an organized workers movement? Is it big? Sí, mira, eh, durante mucho tiempo el, el, los sindicatos históricamente en Venezuela antes del gobierno... Well, yes, historically there have been unions in different uh, factories and, and industries, but they have traditionally 
been bosses' unions, uh, and since Chavez, uh, it was very difficult to get rid of them, and there was never really an attempt to destroy them, but to try to modify their roles they play. So what has happened in, from the Chavez government Uh, is that instead of promoting unions, the workers' councils have been created. So they are workers' organizations that aim to take administrative control of the industries that can be either state industries or just private companies that maybe they both go broke and can continue with that so workers take control. Of the, of the, their workplaces. We have this, for example, uh, this uh, case of a construction, um, the, uh, the workers' council in a construction company that we were aiming for workers to take political and economic control of this industry. But they, the workers felt their, their needs were being made in terms of wages and conditions. So they preferred that someone else took the administrative control of the industry. But there are examples where workers' councils have taken control, like political, economic, and administrative control of the industries, and they work with the unions that still take, have places there, and so they, they work for, to improve worker conditions or, and to have the, the economic control of their industry. So there are different examples. Other main, I mean, you've talked about a lot of the activities and, of course, some of the demands of the workers' movement, but given the military intervention, given the sanctions, given the, um, the pressure that Venezuela and Venezuela's particular form of government is under in the region, are there any workers' movement demands in relation to these things? No, eh, sí, efectivamente, eh, la... La demanda de los a los trabajadores le afecta la situación más por su cotidianidad que por lo, la razón laboral. Eh, la, los beneficios de los trabajadores no disminuyen. Yeah, well, the workers organizations in general are very supportive of the government since they are also affected by this crisis, especially in their everyday life, as we talk about access to food and so on, not so much in the working conditions. Because even though this situation is really hard, um, there has been um, the reassurance that the working conditions and wages are not dropping, They're, they still have access, there have haven't been any cuts to services. Etc. So they continue to. So it's not the working conditions that are in danger, but the everyday life that are suffering. And so not every worker will support the government. So there are some organizations, in, for instance, private companies that are not necessarily supportive of the government. But in general, uh, a lot of workers' organizations are, and they demonstrate that through mobilization. And when there are any 
demonstrations that they where they can show their support and they are they have the conditions they are under the, the situation that they are able to show their support uh, in these actions and mobilizations and their uh, working conditions are not being threatened. Well, given the situation in Venezuela, the you know what we've talked about the um, threats of military intervention, the um, the U.S. sanctions. What is the way forward? How will Venezuela come out of this crisis? Well, uh, to begin with. Then the 20th of May there are elections, and what we see as the first step is to vote for President Maduro and to keep supporting the political project, which is in the benefit of the working people of Venezuela. Uh, however, we know that if uh, Nicolás Maduro is elected again, these sanctions will be worsened. So we see that the alternative is to really emphasize the production of food in Venezuela so we don't have to rely on imports. And with our allies to resolve the health crisis of, of Venezuela that is the product of not having enough medicines. So we need to go back to the countryside, eh, to go back to the fields to produce the food that we need, and also to return to use some of the traditional medicine that our ancestors used traditionally in Venezuela. And what about international solidarity? What difference would it make if there was support from the international workers' movement? Claro, eh, el internacionalismo es una bandera que debe estar presente entre los pueblos. Eh, nosotros, por eso estamos acá en Australia, eh, y, y además que eh, es importante el intercambio internacional entre nosotros, porque, por ejemplo, ahora nosotros nos llevamos de bandera de lucha eh, la lucha del, del pueblo aborigen de Australia. Entonces, el internacionalismo es fundamental. Yeah, of, of course, it's very important. Internationalism is very important and the solidarity amongst the people from around the world. Uh, we, are, we are here visiting Australia and we are also taking with us the struggles of the Aboriginal people of this country. We see very important that people know about our struggles, uh, like in case of uh, inter military intervention uh, that happened, they will be the, the support of the people from other countries. Well, thank you so much for your time on the program today. Was there anything you wanted to add? No, gracias por la invitación. Estamos nosotros como organización muy agradecidos de conocer la lucha del pueblo trabajador de Australia, de los pueblos aborígenes. Nos llevamos esa bandera de lucha. No, I would just like to thank you for inviting us, and we are very grateful to have the opportunity to be here in Australia and to learn more about the struggles here. We really take on and take with us the struggle of the Aboriginal people of this country. And we will um, continue to hold it really close to our hearts. So thanks for inviting us and thanks for letting us know more about your struggles.
That was Pacha Guzman, grassroots activist from Venezuela, and she's being translated here by Lourdes Garcia Larque. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. We're going to go out with a Venezuelan rap. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.